You are Locked On Texans, your daily Houston Texans podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's going on, ladies and gentlemen? I'm your host, Cody Davis, and this is the Locked On Texans podcast. Only on the Locked On Podcast Network. As always, you can find this podcast on Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Megaphone, and of course, you can argue that sports.com. I hope everyone is having a good week so far, but of course, a better week than Caitlin. Ladies and gentlemen, if you do not know who Caitlin is, just some quick Houston Texans news. KPRC Channel 2 in Houston posted a video. That was uploaded by her parents. She looks like she's somewhere between the age of eight or nine. And uh, when the Houston Texans lost their season opener against the New Orleans Saints 30 to 28, I don't think there was not one Houstonian, one Texans fan more devastated than Caitlin. Check this out. If you couldn't understand what Caitlin was saying, she was literally in tears crying. We were so close. The Texans were so close. And I only bring that up because after a phenomenal performance by Deshaun Watson, he found that tweet from KPRC. And this was his response. We were so close, Caitlin. I'm going to send you a signed jersey. To put a smile back on your face. Thank you for sticking with us. Hashtag we are Texans. Ladies and gentlemen, Deshaun Watson, he's a first class, he's a first class type of person. Yes, he is really good on the field, but I think I like Deshaun Watson's character off the field even more. He's turning into JJ Watt 2.0. Like, how can you not like this guy? So more Houston Texans note for you guys. Other than Caitlin, J.J. Watt took the two-point loss to the Saints pretty hard too. In the post-game press conference on Monday, J.J. Watt said that the defense deserved 100% of the blame. Here's what his post-game press conference. The offense did an incredible job. They deserve a ton of credit for the way they played in the second half. That last drive gave us the lead. Then as a defense, that's on us. We held them to three points in the first half, then gave up 27 in the second half. That's terrible. For our offense to give us 43 seconds left and not to win that game, that's bad football by us on defense. We will take 100% of the blame as we should. I won't necessarily say that the Texans' defense deserve 100% of the blame, There was a lot of factors that went into the reason why the Texans lost this two-point game to the Saints. My biggest factor is this was just a lot of pieces who haven't had time to jail. There was a lot of miscommunications on that team, both on offense and defense. And I do believe, I don't know if you guys had listened to it, but um, right after the game was over, me and John did a post-game 
me and John did a post-game podcast, and I, I just feel like the communication barrier, not being used to one another, cost this team the game once more. I do believe if this, if this same squad had an opportunity to go through training camp and practice with one another and get familiarized with one another, I do believe the outcome for the Texans would have been extremely different. I, I can see where he's coming from. The first half of the game, the Texans' defense was phenomenal, especially the defensive plays from guys like Whitney Merciless. But the second half, they did drop the ball, especially with 43 seconds left. They was able to give Drew Brees and the New Orleans Saints enough time to go down there um, for them to win off a 58-yard field goal. But I do believe the lack of communication and just not having enough time to gel with one another is the number one factor for this loss. Last quick note regarding the Houston Texans on Tuesday, center Nick Martin and the Houston Texans agreed to a three-year, $33 million contract, $18.35 million guaranteed. Unfortunately, John is not in the studio with me today. I'm riding solo, but I will not be solo for long. Coming up on the other side of the break, I will be joined by NFL expert at Dual Memon as he breaks down the good, the bad, and the ugly from the Houston Texans 30-28 loss against the New Orleans Saints. Locked on Texans, only on the Locked On Podcast Network. If you found $100 on the street, would you pick it up or keep walking? I'm going to pick it up and see who it belongs to and give it back to him. Of course you're not, but of course you're going to take the money. So why do you keep picking winners and not betting on them? That's why I go to my bookie. It's fast, it's easy, and they pay when you win. Let's face it. When you're betting, it's just as important as who you're betting on. I wouldn't be telling you this if I didn't do it myself. This is from my own experience. I wanted some money tonight, thankfully, because I had a few guys to do what I expected them to do. Join now and my bookie will double your first deposit. Use promo code locked on to activate the offer. That's promo code locked on to activate the offer. Visit mybookie.ag today. Again, that is mybookie.ag today. You play, you win, you get paid. Welcome back in, ladies and gentlemen, to Locked On Texans, only on the Locked On Podcast Network. As promised, I have a special guest on the phone today. His name is Adul Lemon, and he's from Michigan, surprisingly. He wants to talk about the Houston Texans. So um, I'm about to talk a little trash to him and ask him. He's from Michigan. He He's in the state with, with the Detroit Lions. So, Abdul, let me welcome you in and just ask, are you a Detroit Lions fan by any chance? Yes, I am, Cody. Uh, thank you for having me on. And uh, <laughs> it was an enriching uh, game to watch, especially in the fourth quarter when the Cardinals came back with 18 points and tied the game in overtime. And it resulted in a tie in overtime, which was uh, very enriching to watch and um, very disappointing in the Lions. <laughs> no worries, man. No worries. But you are on Locked On Texans, and you would like to talk about some Texans football. Abdul is an NFL expert. You can find him on Twitter. What's your tw- Twitter handle, by the way? Yep, it's at Abdul A. Lemon. All right, sounds good. And, um, you know, just to um, stay in the midst of things, what I was talking about early on in the show, of course, we're just doing a full recap of the Houston Texans Monday night season opener against the New Orleans Saints where they end up losing 30 to 28. So, Abdul, let me ask you one thing. What were your initial reactions from the Texans' loss against the Saints last night? Yeah, so uh, 
their Achilles heel was the offensive line when I did my preview for the season, when I looked at your the whole roster. Um, that was your biggest Achilles heel. I knew you guys traded for Laramie Tunsil. You guys gave up a big haul of draft picks um, for Tunsil. And when after the first game, it was uh, still their Achilles heel after giving up six back. Um, I know the Saints defensive line is pretty solid, but even though even then your offensive line shouldn't be giving up six sacks in the game, mm-hmm. and they had um, some big uh, uh, drives that stalled, especially in the fourth quarter as well, where uh, that's the money time is uh, when it happens. And um, Deshaun Watson was actually really special, even with uh, the offensive line not playing well. He had some really big time throws, um, especially in the fourth quarter and those two uh, two pass plays in the and the, like in his last drive before Chiefs came back and won the game, and um, yeah, it was a it was a really enticing. It was really a it was a great game to watch. Um, it was probably like one of the uh, game of the year, game of the season so far in the NFL. The game of the season after the first Monday night game. I I'm gonna have to agree with you because from opening kickoff, that game Monday night was truly truly special. And um, sticking with the offensive line. After the game on Monday, me and John, we did the the post-game show. And one of the takeaways that I took from this offensive line, I, f- I feel like midway through the season, this offensive line is going to be better because I've seen – it was like there was a lot of miscommunications going on between that offensive line because, as you know, this team, especially on the offensive end, was damn near put together less than two weeks ago. So do you agree with me that – you feel like probably around week eight, week nine, that this is going to be a better offensive line? Or do you agree with John, who alluded to where it doesn't matter who they throw on that offensive line, it's too much for Laramie Tunsil to handle? And the fact that they gave up six sacks is a bad sign heading into this 2019 season. Yeah, so actually, I would agree with you if uh, the offensive line stays healthy, you know, it's those continuity. Um, I know Tyus Howard, a first-round pick, He was that was his first game. Um, and then, then on the left tackle, yeah, Tunsil, he was there for like five days. So he doesn't really know the offense really well. Um, all he did was just try to block as best as he could. Um, and, you know, on the right side, you have Nick Martin, uh, who's the center. He's he just uh, He's in the second year. He has to get better. Um, so, yeah, I could see you know, even uh, Max Sharpering, uh, he's your um, second-round pick. Um, I know I don't think he started, but maybe of course the course of the year he might be uh, put into start. So you know it's a very young offensive line. I could see um, improvement along the along the way in the season. So yeah, I would actually agree with you. Um, but that's a big if. So mm-hmm. if, um, if like there's there's a possibility, like what you said about John, like he, they gave up six back six back and they get the same. Um, that could uh, go a long way as well against uh, good teams like the Saints. Yeah, uh, most definitely, man. I'm I'm glad that you agree with me to a certain extent. I might have to throw that in John's John face tomorrow on the show. Um, but you know, speaking <laughs> of the offensive line, their biggest job is to protect Deshaun Watson. Even though he got sacked six times, and there's no telling how many times we actually seen him take unnecessary hits. But at the end of the day, the guy played spectacular. Um, he threw for 268 yards, three touchdowns. Of course, we all know he had that 21 yard touchdown drive doing in the first half um some people have Deshaun Watson as their MVP do you agree with that statement or do you feel like there's something Deshaun is missing that 
possibly in the next year or two, he could live up to that MVP title. You know, when I did like um, the preview, I can actually see like a best case scenario, like um, like a thirteen and three season for you guys, mm-hmm. and Deshaun Watson actually improving on his uh, really good season last year, and that involves the offensive line being improved, um, even like throughout the season. And then I, the first week, it went well during against the Saints, um, and he got really great stats. Um, yeah, definitely, I can definitely see him being um, an MVP candidate this season and a couple of like in more seasons along the way if he's healthy and the offensive line plays really pretty well. And I think the offensive line has to just play average. If it's like um, like the sloppiness that it has been the past couple of years, um, it might not be a great sign of uh, Deshaun Watson winning the MVP. You know, we harped a lot on the offensive line, which is, you know, not only you and myself and the listeners out there, that was our number one pet peeve um, watching this opening game. But there were a lot of positives that that Texans fan and the Houston Texans themselves were able to take away. So can you just explain the positives and the bright spots that you saw within the Houston Texans on Monday night? Yeah, so the off the run offense was actually pretty good. I saw uh, like several plays of like Duke Johnson, Carlos Hyde having several yard runs. I was like, oh, this is actually pretty impressive. Maybe the Texans are really like the offensive line was pretty solid at run blocking as opposed to pass blocking. Mm-hmm. Um, and they were able to create holes and uh, they were get like like seven eight yard runs and like even like ten yard runs, which is actually really good because they'll like create play action um, for and then shot. And uh, DeAndre Hopkins can be like one, like be one on one against like a corner, um, and then the defense got to respect the run game, obviously. So I would say that's a great a bright spot. Maybe uh, Bill O'Brien has to uh, be playing has to be um, calling more run plays. Uh, from the Other than the spectacular performance from Deshaun Watson, like I, I really believe my level and expectation from Deshaun Watson has grew even more. That I, I'm I'm still in, I'm still amazed. Even though I'm a Saints fan and I'm happy we we came away with the victory. I'm still amazed by the performance that he put on yesterday. And but that backfield Carlos Hyde and Duke Johnson, they really put on a show yes they really put on a show on yesterday. Um can you talk about the uh, can you talk about the defense and what you saw in the defense on Monday? Yeah, so the first half, I thought they were playing pretty well. Um, they did; they were doing the Patriot way of like because Bill O'Brien usually was with the Patriots. It was a bend don't break defense, so that way, like because they don't want to give up touchdowns, they're okay with giving up field goals. Um, they did give up that one field goal, and then um, and uh, I think it was the first quarter. Drew Brees, like he was leading, leading the Saints out in the drive in, in the end zone, and then he made a really bad mistake, and, uh, and it resulted in a. Uh, Whitney Merciless interception, mm-hmm. and I was like, okay, well, this uh, defense was pretty solid uh, in the first half, and then in the second half, um, it just, uh, I don't know if it was the Saints uh, just making really good adjustments and making really good plays, because I saw like, a lot of big run plays out of Tamara and Latavius Murray, and they were able to at least like, throw down the field a lot more, too, so that would be uh, more of a worry as well, like, a, a, like a negative sign in the second half if it like uh, goes down during during the season um, and seeing how your uh, defense goes um, how your defense plays excuse me and um, one thing I did actually saw as well um, you guys don't, you guys should not be uh, rushing three because you gave Drew Brees so much time in the pocket <laughs> it was crazy um, I saw I was like oh no you should be uh, doing that and then I saw it again I was like 
You know, speaking of that defense, the first half I was real impressed by what I saw, but in the second half, especially the last 30 seconds of the game, the defense just came apart and it came into fruition of everything that I've been talking about ever since John and I took over this show. Um, The fact that I wanted to see them resign Jadavion Clowney because he was one of the best and he still is one of the best pass rushers and run stoppers in the NFL that's something that the Texans truly needed yesterday and uh, I'm gonna ask you this question but I truly believe if the Texans had Jadavion Clowney there's no way especially within those last 30 seconds yes Drew Brees is is great and all but the last 30 seconds, I'm pretty sure Jadavion Clowney was on that field. That would have made a huge difference on Monday night. Do you agree with that statement? Oh, yeah, definitely. He's a, a premier pass rusher. He's a very good run blocker as well. Uh, or not, excuse me, a run stopper, excuse me, my bad. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's a he's like a top 10 defensive end, top 15 defensive end for sure. Um, and, yeah, he would have made a big impact on the game. And uh, I forgot to mention one thing in that the last drive before uh, when uh, the Saints made that field goal, there was that one play, it was like at the 50-yard, like the 49 or 50-yard line, and I saw like the three well, three defensive backs on the left side of your of the Texans, they were playing press coverage, which is the right call. Then the other two defensive backs on the right side, they were playing soft coverage, and I was like really confused by that. Um, I was If I was a Texans fan, I'd be very mad at uh, Romeo Cornell and, and find out why he did that kind of like defensive play <laughs> why he called that defensive play because that didn't really make any sense um, he, he, was he worried that they, uh, one of the defensive backs would get like uh, burnt but like if you look at like the, the Skyview camera on the replay uh, they had like three to like safeties back there like, like playing prevent defense and it would have been like shocking if uh, they got like a touchdown on that play so I'd be very upset about that uh, play call, especially uh, in that game. <laughs> yeah, we had a lot of people on Tuesday morning, just just about all day on Tuesday was just talking down on Romeo Cornell, which, I mean, in the city of Houston, that's nothing new. I mean, they always find something to talk about on that coaching staff. And um, Romeo Cornell is always victim number two. Victim number one is always my boy Bill O'Brien. As you know, the AFC South – I honestly do believe, and a lot of people do feel this way, that it's for the it's it's this is basically the the Texans division to lose. So when you look at the overall AFC South, what are your expectations from the Jaguars, from the Titans to the the Indianapolis Colts, who we all was just dumbfounded by the retirement of Andrew Luck? Um, what's your overall take on the whole AFC South, and how do you feel the Houston Texans will do this year? You took the words right my mouth, out of my mouth um, with the, uh, the, the division that Texans to lose. Um, I think they're really like, um, a big favorite now, mm-hmm. especially with Luck retiring. And then now with Nick Bulls, um, like out on injured reserve, we don't know if these are be coming back this season, if, especially if like, the Texans are like, what, like two and eight or something like that. Um, and yeah, the Colts, I mean, I, I do like them. I like the personnel group. I like the defense. Um, I like the offensive line, especially. Um, they have good running backs, wide receivers. But it's just on Jacoby Brissett. And um, I know I don't really trust him more than Deshaun Watson, especially. And Deshaun Watson is obviously a better quarterback than Brissett right now. <laughs> um, 
But I would actually lean towards the Texans, obviously, for that. And then the Titans, I know they beat the, uh, the Browns handily on Sunday. Um, I think they won like 32 points or something like that, 30 to 32 points. And I think that was more on Cleveland than uh, the Tennessee Titans. Mm-hmm. Because uh, the Titans, the Browns were like super over, were hype. Um, and they just just went down the tank on that <laughs> game. Uh, they had a lot of penalties. Um, I knew the offensive line was the Achilles heel for them as well. Um, that showed in that game too. And I like the Titans. Um, they have a really good defense as well. I like Derrick Henry. Um, A.J. Brown, he had a really good uh, rookie debut. Uh, look out for him in the division. And it's just all Marcus Mariota. And he hasn't done it really that much uh, in his career. And it's pretty uh, disappointing because I actually really like him uh, uh, when the draft happened, when, when he was uh, selected by the Titans. Cool, cool. Adul, last question before I let you go. Week one, you saw, you was able to watch all 32 games. You was able to watch all 32 teams in action. I have to ask you, who's going to be in Miami for the Super Bowl this year? Um, well, what I saw, uh, the Patriots. <laughs> every year, man. They just, they just keep doing it every year. It's just, uh, it's one of the things I just, don't understand. Like every like team in the NFC, like it always changes every year. But except for the Patriots, it's always the Patriots in the AFC. They're the standard. I will not bet against them, um, even though I do like the Chiefs too. But I'm going get. I'm going with Tom Brady and Bill Belichick. Uh, and then in the NFC, I actually liked the Eagles before the season started. Mm-hmm. Um, I know they um, were uh, they they were down seventeen to nothing against the Redskins. Uh, uh, in the first game, but then they went out thirty-two to three runs. So I, I think that's more what the Eagles are as opposed to what happened. I think they were just, um, just taking easy. They're coasting, and then they were down 17, 17 nothing, and they're like, "Oh, let's let's turn it up now." And then they just shellac the Redskins. Thank you so much. I really did enjoy doing this interview with you. And uh, once again, Abdul, where can they find you on Twitter? Yeah, it's uh, at Abdul A Memon A B D U L A. M-E-M-O-S. And actually, I saw some breaking news for the Texans. Uh, they released uh, quarterback Aaron Colvin. Mm, I kind of figured that was coming. There was actually some rumblings yeah. that, that actually started last week, so I kind of figured that that was coming. Yeah, he didn't really have a good game against the Saints. I think uh, like he like got burned on a play against Michael Thomas and yeah. was a big game. Like at the game. Yeah, like I say, like honestly, after the preseason, he was actually one of the ones who was like kind of on the bubble. Like, were they going to keep him, or were they, or was he going to stay? So I'm not surprised by that move. <laughs> well, thank you so much, Abdul. Right. I really did enjoy this, and uh, I talk to you soon, man. All right, thank you, Cody. I really appreciate it. Thank you. Once again, ladies and gentlemen, that was Abdul Mimin, NFL expert on Twitter. Please give him a follow. He's always engaging with his fans. And um, you will see a lot of good stuff. Um, Me and John, we've been trying our hardest to get him on the show. But unfortunately, we had a couple issues within the schedule. So I'm really excited. I was finally to have him on the show. And um, I hope you guys enjoyed him as well. As always, I am your host, Cody Davis. And this is the Locked On Texans podcast, only on the Locked On Podcast Network. And don't forget, please follow me on Twitter at Cody Davis underscore 24. That's Cody, C-O-T-Y-D-A-V-I-S underscore 24. Why 24? Because Kobe Bryant is the GOAT, ladies and gentlemen. Encouraging words for today. 
stay out of that Houston heat and be happy because the weekend is almost here. Peace. You are locked on Texas. Your daily podcast on the Houston Texans. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day.